This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Live coast to coast on the BetQL Network. It is BetQL Daily alongside Aaron Hawksworth and Joe Ostrowski. I'm Chris Mack. We got you covered with Major League Baseball opening day just 31 days away. And one of Boris's big names finally signed to a deal. Bellinger back to Chicago. We'll dive into it at the top of the hour. And, of course, lots going on uh, both in the desert and in Florida. So Kenny Ducey will join us in the third hour as well to get us ready for MLB. Latest Ken Palm 2020 club. We talk about that in the third hour as well with college basketball. Rapidly approaching uh, conference tournament week. NBA's got 50 days until the play-in game. So regular season's really accelerating here or – in the case of baseball, accelerating toward the regular season. As you can see, Joe and Aaron are back. We get recaps on what exactly happened during vacation, including from producer Paul Aspen, who was in a foreign country and almost didn't come back. He thought about not coming back, but he (laughs) did come back. We got him back. Uh, But it's Combine Week. It is NFL Scouting Combine Week for the next few days. Lots of interviews and wonder licks, and then the on-field testing begins (laughs) On Thursday with front seven guys, they'll go to D-backs and tight ends on Friday. Quarterbacks, which will be the one that everybody wants to watch on Saturday in Indianapolis. And lots of player movement starts to happen. Talk about accelerating things. The offseason will really step on the gas this week in Indy, whether it's a Justin Fields trade, whether it's starting to talk about free agents, including the Chiefs, who have to figure out what they're going to do, if anything, to try and keep Chris Jones around. Chiefs Super Bowl four-time now, Super Bowl-winning defensive coordinator Steve Spagnuolo was actually on the BetQL Network over the weekend on the Better Angle with Kate and Cam and talked about Chris Jones and his future with the Chiefs. I sure hope so. I mean, that's a little bit uh, that's out of my realm here. You know, Brett Beach and his crew will be handling that. But I think that I think both parties involved. I mean, want it to happen, but you know, it, things get tricky at times. And um, you know, we're we're hopeful certainly that things will get worked out in another week or so or whatever whatever the timing is i think it's next week or two weeks from now uh, hopefully it'll all i'll get done but we have you know we have a number of players in the same situation and you know one of the things you realize in this league is very rarely from season to season does it ever stay the same like the room that you're addressing or teaching or coaching um we know there's going to be changes. i just hope there's not that many but it is the nfl and, and you know people do change teams but we're hopeful that a lot of these guys can stay with us. Again, Chiefs defensive coordinator Steve Spagnola over the weekend right here on the BetQL Network with Kate and Cam on the better angle. Great stuff. You can always find more of that inside your Odyssey app. But this is the number one ranked free agent on the market, Joe. This is a guy who, if he gets tagged by Kansas City, it's going to be up northwards of $33 million. And we know what tagging a guy can do to the relationship between player and organization as well. Is Chris Jones a Kansas City Chief next year, or 
can this team continue to do what they did this past year when really they were driven by the defense, right? As great as Patrick Mahomes and Travis uh-huh. Kelsey are, um, they, they got as deep as they did because of their defense. Do they need to keep Chris Jones around now, even if it's just for one more year, to capitalize on the peak Patrick Mahomes window? I don't think he returns, but I also didn't think he was going to be back last year. I thought he, I, I, the, the, it seemed like it was like, all right, one more time, one more time. And they accomplished their goal in the end. Spags is as good as he gets. Spags, even if there are multiple changes, which it looks like there will be, like you trust him. Maybe he'll go through their issues in the first half of the season, but that, that front office is smart enough. They're going to bring in enough talented players, you know, with, Spags consulting, like, okay, this is how we're going to build this defense now. If you pull up their depth chart and you look at uh, at their starters, six of his starters on defense are unrestricted free agents. Six. So he could be dealing with a ton. I know Chris Jones is going to get the all, all, all the attention. Why? Because he's been holding out. He's been, guy, been the guy that's been getting the attention the last few years. But I would also mention – Aaron, that, you know, Chris Jones was not the Chris Jones that we've seen in past years mm-hmm. when people spent so much time like he's the key to everything. I don't think he was the key to everything this year. It was more about the secondary and the elite pass defense that they had. Yeah, I fully agree. And if any team can do it, it's the Chiefs. They've gone cheaper and unproven and they win another Super Bowl. You know, it might take a little time to get going, but especially with Spags there, you would think with some lesser talent that they're still going to get things together come playoff time. Uh, So I don't think he'll be back either. I think there will be some changes and they're going to load up. Uh, and it just doesn't make sense in terms of the cap hit that they would have to take if they give him that kind of money, 30 mil plus. Well, yeah, and you wonder, with True. the difficulties no. they had catching the ball this year, do they go out and spend some money on a wide receiver? I mean, that would be the thought if you don't want to cross your fingers and hope that you get one in the draft and that they can immediately have an impact. We saw as good as Rasheed Rice, I think, can be, it still took half a season for him to ramp up to where he was regularly more than half a season, almost three quarters of a season mm-hmm. to ramp up to where he was being regularly targeted by Patrick Mahomes. You can find odds on Chris Jones next team though. And <laughs> Kansas city is the favorite. I want to say minus 175. Uh, but behind that, you've got the Texans at 750, the bears at 850 and the lions at 10 to one Joe. So um, teams that have money Texans yeah Texans have a ton of cap space yeah uh you mentioned the Bears was one of the favorites that's because they're top three in cap space they had a Montez Sweat last year and it changed everything the defense was a top three defense second half of the season I would think that they're going to focus on offense <laughs> finish fixing the line figure out quarterback getting another receiver whether it's draft or free agency they need to put more assets into that side of the ball as opposed to the defensive side, because their their defensive-minded coach can coach them up, and the the defense was awesome last year. So um, I don't really see the Bears getting involved in Chris Jones, but, you know, the teams that have the money are going to be mentioned. So I understand why they're going to be brought up. I could see the Lions getting involved in Chris Jones. You know, you bring in a veteran defensive player, Detroit – you know, young team defense was garbage. Like they could use a lot of help yeah. and that might be worth the money for them. Yeah. yeah Detroit top 10 in cap space too. 
Secondary. Um, yeah, you, you've got – they've got a good front. But it, it's the same conversation every year with Detroit, right? Okay, what about the back end? Because that's right. that's where they get beat. They still have to work get get that figured out. I mean, that's where I would spend my money. But yeah, what do you yeah. what do you think about Chris Jones? I mean, is he the same guy? Is he worth that? Me? I'm not paying that. No. I'm not. I'm not counting on the productivity lasting long enough into what is probably going to be what at least a five year deal. You would think if he gets mm-hmm. what he wants in free agency. I mean, beyond the next two, maybe three years, if everything goes well and he stays healthy. And then the fourth and fifth year, you're paying for past production. You're not. I, I can't. I can't. You see, you continue and get it from Chris Jones. Um, the combine, as I mentioned, is this week. And at the combine, like I said, other things start to get set in motion. Like, oh, I don't know. It feels it feels like we haven't gone anywhere because you guys left and went on vacation, and we were talking about this, and we're still talking about it. Justin Fields doesn't want to talk about it anymore. But it's still being talked about. Atlanta or Pittsburgh or maybe somewhere else. But we're, we're, if Ryan Poles is going to get it done, you would think the groundwork for whatever deal, the framework is really going to get built this week in Indy when people can talk face-to-face. Yeah, that's the expectation. Justin Fields may not want to talk about it. That's fine, and I understand. I'd feel the same way. I can't go anywhere, and I'm a nobody, without people like, what do you think? What are they going to do? It's the only thing anybody's talking about here. It's it's really wild. And people don't know. There are truly a couple of different camps. There are people that believe you build up around fields and you go that route. And, you know, what they're basically saying is the team we we're just mentioning there, the Lions. You want to go the Lions route and then you fill in the quarterback last or you want to do what most teams do when you have the opportunity, number one overall, when you have an opportunity to take what you think is a franchise-changing quarterback, your quarterback of the future, you take that, and then they lift everybody else up, and then you build around that. I mean, I think they're going to go quarterback and Caleb Williams, but we'll see. Uh, Came out late last night to no surprise. Caleb Williams is not going to be throwing at the combine. Jaden Daniels not going to be throwing at the combine. They're going to be there. So that's going to be a big story and, you know, what teams are saying to them and whatever they end up saying to the media. But uh, we're going to have to wait in the pro days, Aaron. So the USC pro day is March 20th and the LSU one March 27th. This is uh, a full month from now. We got to wait until we see Jaden Daniels throw again. Oh, man. The other uh, quarterback that I find interesting is Drake May. Uh, Darius Mm -hmm. Butler recently talking about how he went golfing with him and that he thinks he should be the number one quarterback in this draft. Just great locker room guy, like everything that you want. He was saying he's a little lanky right now, but if he beefs up a little bit, he was comparing him to Justin Herbert. So I thought that was interesting, Mm -hmm. more from the perspective of, you know, being here in the Washington area and they have – you know, the number two pick, what are they going to do? Saturday is going to be awesome, right? Like, is he throwing? We haven't heard otherwise, right, on May? I just tried to Google it. it. I haven't seen, yeah. It's just, it's come out about the other two guys, but nothing on May yet. Well, think about the stock. He can, he can, you know, he can create a conversation at number one. If he goes out there and lights it up and looks really good, uh, and mm-hmm. for the next three to four weeks, like you talked about, March 20th is, is uh, Southern Cal's Pro Day. For the next three weeks, he can allow that narrative to be spun of, oh, is Drake May, May, maybe Drake May should be the first overall pick. Or, I mean, that's something that, that he can 
he could take advantage of that. And and I know all the, wherever you can bet, he's he's locked in as the favorite at the number two pick. Um, but he could go a long way towards maybe pushing against that, Aaron, if he's able to go out there and throw really well on Saturday night. Well, I think also it depends, like, you know, when they interview these guys, who they feel like is going to be a good leader, too. There's other things just besides talent on the field that teams will look at from a scouting perspective. So it would it wouldn't it would be fun to see a little shake up at number one. Yeah, I don't know. Um, the, the guy that's been jumping everybody's draft board over the last month that we talked about on the show is Bo Nix. Your Bo Nix mm-hmm. are you throwing? It, it doesn't it feel like he can only hurt his stock? I, well, I see, I think this is going to be another weird quarterback year where, you know, people are talking right now like we might go one, two, three, right? We, we might go Williams, May, Daniels, one, two, three, and then people are going to overdraft, I think, Knicks and McCarthy somewhere between 10 and 20 or between 15 and 25. If you're Bo Nix and you think your arm talent can really launch you into that upper stratosphere and you have the experience, right? Like it, it's, that was a thing. If you can walk in and play from day one, which Nick's being older and more experienced and all that, I know that flies in the logic of the Kenny Pickett selection, which was just, has been disastrous and had, you know, <laughs> playing more or being older doesn't necessarily make you better. I think in Nick's case, it may help if he goes out there on Saturday, Joe, and throws really well. The, the argument's purdy. That, that's what people come back right back at you with, even though we mm-hmm. know where that conversation leads with the head coach and all the talent around him. This is made for Michael Penix, right? Like he's a guy that oh, can yeah. flash at these different events, and I, I'm not, I'm not hearing a lot of people talk about him in the first round with all the injury history and being a 38 year old quarterback at this point. But like he could, his stock could really rise at, at an event like this. I don't know about the throwing. Um, we'll see if he does that. But some of the other things, like yeah, he, I, I would think that he would want to participate instead of being a day two guy. Yeah, I would think Penix needs to showcase his talents in that regard. And Bo Nix, I'm with you, Chris. Like, if he thinks he can prove the critics wrong, then I would throw at the combine. But if he's trying to hide those blemishes, probably not in his best interest, right? And and the same probably goes for McCarthy, right? Like, if J.J. McCarthy wants to go out there and show people that maybe he's more than a guy who played in, what, three important games all year, and that was it, really? Um, go out there on Saturday night and light it up and hope that, again, you and Bo Nix or one of the two are the guys that get overdrafted, somewhere between 10 and 15, because this is a quarterback-heavy draft. And that's the other thing, too. I I know that number will get posted at some point. How many quarterbacks actually go in the first round? It looks like those five, those top three that we talked about, plus Nix and McCarthy – Penix, probably not a first-rounder. Spencer Rattler's stock is increasing again without doing anything just by virtue of the fact that he's a guy that's been around forever. Maybe he goes out there Saturday night and throws really well. It's it's a possibility you could get more than five quarterbacks in the first round, which doesn't make sense to me. I think people (laughs) will be overdrafting two or three of them at least if they do that, but we could see that if all of these guys perform well on Saturday night. Sort of related, sort of not. These, Like we mentioned earlier at the start of this conversation, the conversations between general managers are going to happen. Like our trades, mm-hmm. like there's a lot of chatter about receivers. So we're hearing, okay, T. Higgins is getting the franchise tag. Okay, doesn't mean he's going to stay there. Um, if Cousins is leaving Minnesota, what do you do with Jefferson? Now that you bring in Addison, uh, the Bills are in a lot of cap trouble. They 
Dick sucked this past year. Are they going to deal him? Like, I think the receivers are going to be really interesting to watch. It's BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM alongside Joe and Aaron. I'm Chris. And coming up next, the gang's back together. we got to find out what went down for the last two weeks. We go off the board right here on BetQL Daily. We'll be right back with BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network.